This is our seventh session on Colossians 3, 1 to 4. And before we turn next time to the imperatives, I suppose you've noticed that all six, including this seventh session of this unit here, have been on the indicatives, that is, the reality behind the imperatives. So the imperatives are seek the things that are above and set your mind on the things that are above. I haven't said a word about that yet. That's been very intentional. I wanted to unpack the wonders and the glories of what is true about us and what is true about Christ, what is true about our future before we become pursuers, seekers, and mind-setters. Because so often we turn it around. We list all the things we're supposed to do, 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 and spend so little time on the glories of what he's done and who we are and where we're headed. So in this uh, next session, before we turn to the imperatives, I just wanted to focus on when Christ, who is your life, appears. Let's read it. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. And I don't want to go by this too quickly. Christ is going to appear, meaning this Christ who is now above in heaven, above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, is going to stand up, gather the millions of angels, and descend on the clouds and appear. It's going to be visible. The whole world will see him. So let's just linger over the second coming of Christ for a moment. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you will appear with him in glory. Let's look at a few parallel passages. Titus 2. We are waiting for our blessed hope, our happy hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior. So our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, is going to appear And for Paul, this was the great, blessed, happy hope. It should be ours. It will be a time for believers of great grace. It will be terrifying in one sense. The world will shudder and call for rocks to to fall upon them because it will be too late to repent. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation, the appearing, same idea, the appearing of Jesus Christ. He's going to appear. He's going to split the sky from one horizon to the other. And for those who are eagerly waiting for him and are trusting him and following him, there will be grace upon grace. 
our fears will be stilled and we will taste the sweetness of his power and mercy. It will mean resurrection. We who are alive, some will be still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. That means died. So they're going to come out of the graves first, and then we'll ascend to meet him and bring him in together. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise. It's going to be a resurrection first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. So when he comes, when he appears, when he's revealed, there will be a great resurrection. We've seen this passage, but it's so good. Let's see it again. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been, has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears at the second coming, we shall be like him because we will see him as he is. And that likeness to him, that transformation that's going to happen, that last, final, decisive revolution from mortal to immortal and from perishable to imperishable and from weakness to power and from dishonor to glory, that's going to happen to our bodies. Look at this. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we wait for a Savior. We're waiting for him to come back. The Lord Jesus Christ, who will, what will he do when he comes? Transform our lowly body. Oh, how lowly. And they get lowlier and lowlier the older you get. And then they die. He will transform our lowly body to be like his body, namely a body of glory which is what Paul says here, then you also will appear with him in glory by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So, when Christ, who is your life, appears, you will appear with him in glory covered with grace, raised from the dead, transformed into an image you can't even now conceive for its glory. And here's one last exhortation. 2 Timothy 4. I have fought the good fight, Paul says, coming to the end of his life. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. That text gripped me so deeply some time ago that I wrote a whole book about it. Loving 
the appearing of the Lord. And I would just end by asking you, do you love the appearing, the second coming of the Lord? Do you love the appearing of the Lord? If you do, then you will be with Paul, crowned with righteousness. So let's not read verse 4 of Colossians 3 too quickly and forget that the glorious, wonderful, matchless, majestic second coming is in view when Christ, who is your life, appears on the clouds with great glory. You, whether you have already died and in your spirits gone to be with him, or whether you will be alive, either way, your true self, glorious like his, will appear. And it will all be worth it, whatever price you have paid in order to walk faithfully with him will be restored and repaid because you will shine like the sun in the kingdom of your Father along with Jesus.